Hello and welcome to episode 8 of Dipsomania, the podcast about booze and cocktail culture. I'm Jake, and in this episode, Lance and I are talking about a New Orleans classic, the Sazerac. We also spend some time talking about pairing booze and snacks. Enjoy. All right, I'm using a weird... This is my selection of glass for the... <laughs> that is weird. It's a... Yeah. Uh, for, for the folks at home, what I have here is a, a hand-spun copper mug. It's not uh, a Moscow Mule mug because there's no handle. But I bought these and I wanted to use them. And when I looked at the drink, which is the Sazerac, for those, again, at home who aren't tuned in to watch us it looks it's a bit copper colored so i thought oh but then it's sad because you can't see it how pretty it is true so cheers cheers you know it's a simple drink but it takes a while to make the damn thing it sure does did you actually make yours with sugar cubes or did you use a simple syrup i followed the recipe this time um and you just yeah you have to crunch and crunch and muddle and crunch and muddle and crunch (laughs) it does eventually it does. I think I still. I'm pretty sure I've got some some sugar in there, and my uh, my uh, peel hand, my peel wrist, my peel talent. <laughs> all the pe- all the peel things sort of failed me. It's really kind of a sad lemon peel, which uh, is so. I've, it's good that it's hidden inside my copper cup. Well, I, I took uh, somebody's advice to actually just discard the peel and only express the oils. Oh, and that was that the. The link you sent me from Mr. Morgan Thaler, Thaler, Thaler? Oh, yeah, I think so. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he's got some good advice. I probably would have put it into a coop instead of a glass, or in my case, bug. <laughs> um, so I'm not following anybody's directions here. Uh, it's very traditionally served in a like large rocks glass, like a double rocks glass. So it looks like a very small drink. Yeah, it's, so if you've never made a Sazerac... It is what you do. Uh, put a sugar cube in your uh, container of choice for mixing, whatever that happens to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, add uh, three dashes of Peychaud bitter and two dashes of Angostura bitter. Muddle all that to hell and back. And then you just, th- oh, well, then you throw in two, two ounces of uh, rye whiskey is recommended. Mm-hmm. Mix that well. You want to rinse your glass with absinthe. And obviously, I'm really only getting the scent. I don't get it any. I use the St. George absinthe, uh-huh. which is a very strong anise, anise, anisette, sure. anise smell, scent. Um, but I don't get any of that. It, so it, it, there's a lot of uh, aromatics going on in addition to, but it basically tastes like sweet whiskey to me. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what it. I mean, the Peychauds is pretty forward in my mind. I used herb sing for the absinthe, mm. which, which is a New Orleans native spirit. Is is the Sazerac a favorite of yours? Do you make, do you make it very often? I I went through a stretch of making them fairly often, but these days not so much. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't ring up. I usually confuse. I don't know why. Uh, Sazerac with a sidecar. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, they're not at all alike at no. <laughs> all. Um, and maybe it's, well, they start with the letter S, so there's a similarity there. Sure. It's, I'm, I'm 
reaching for it. I have no idea why I, ha- why I get those two things confused. Also, I used to pronounce it Sajurak. You occasionally still sort of zhuzh it like that. I, I think it's because when I first heard someone say it, that's how they said Sazerac, was Sazerac, even though there is no reason for you to zhuzh it. <laughs> yes, and it is uh, a New Orleans, is it homegrown, do you know? Does it um, come from New Orleans? Absolutely, yeah. There's a uh, Sazerac bar at, uh, I forget the name of the hotel, but one of the classic New Orleans hotels. And the... The bar was named after the drink, or the drink was named after the bar? Or was it like Mr. Sazerac? Do you know any of this? I have some of this, actually. Nice. I get there. I'm glad you do your homework. Let's see. So, it was invented by um, Antoine Peychaud. Oh. Who was the uh, pharmacist who invented Peychaud's bitters. That was in 1838. It does go down awfully quickly, I will say that. As you said, (laughs) it is not a large... It is basically two ounces of whiskey. Right. And I think I've gone through an ounce already. So I'll slow it down a little bit. I did I did have some food before this learning from last week's debacle. Good job. Um, even though, again, last week was like the excuse was, oh, these are tiny. Yeah. I can do a bunch of these. Yeah. Nope. No. Well, that's what always happens with martinis in general. Martinis are the <laughs> devil. <laughs> We we were talking, I don't remember who we were, uh, one of my friends and I are talking about how the martini is just the classic perfect thing, um, because it's it's easy to make, there's so many variations of it, you can find one that you like, I, I defy you to to not like a martini, and, and I will even include the kangaroo in there, I'll, I'll throw that, I'll throw the vodka in there for those people. Sure. Um, it's simple, it's easy, but this week is the Sazerac, not the martini, and... My history of the Sazerac, uh, it does go to New Orleans, and I did not go to... Is this, do you know if the bar is still there? I assume it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I was in New Orleans just a few years ago, and one of my first stops was the Sazerac bar. Let me see if I can find that. Yeah, my, uh, I, have, I have a very good friend, Pablo, who lives in New Orleans, and he's, gonna, he's, he's going to take me to task for not knowing more about this. It's at the and Roosevelt. <laughs> The Sazerac Bar is at the Roosevelt. Okay, and that's probably in the French Quarter, I'm assuming? It is, it is. Um, it's, it's a gorgeous bar, and, you know, they obviously are pros at making the Sazerac. Been there forever kind of a place? Mm-hmm. And, well, I mean, you can't really fuck up the Sazerac either. It's not like, um, so there's, we've got, so... Our famous drink here, for whatever reason, is the Irish coffee uh, down in North Beach. Right. There's the bar that just lines them up and pour, 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 pour. Yep. But they're not great. You know, it's tourists. That's why they have to make, like, 20 of them at a time. Well, it's like, it's like the milk punches in New Orleans. You know, that's just a touristy sort of melted ice cream with booze. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've had I've had two really great milk punches here. Unfortunately, both of those bars are out of business. Mm. We went through a, a weird um, thing where all of a sudden, all of these hotels and bars decided that they wanted to be like uh, Falstaff or something. Like they wanted to be old British, and they were serving really heavy meals and um, classic old punches and cocktails and they were making their clarified milk and all that stuff and it is a damn good drink 
the milk punch. Yeah, it totally is. I tend to not drink the dairy drinks anymore because <laughs> it's bad enough trying to keep the booze from going to my middle if you add a bunch of cream. Um, I thought it was maybe because you were farty. No, I'm just trying not to be grossly fat. Well, isn't but they but it's <laughs> it's clarified milk. I mean, isn't the fat pretty much removed? Maybe I that's know. what it curdles. I because I looked this up the other day for whatever reason, uh, and probably because I was interested. Like, how hard is it to make clarified milk? And it would it would super impress people if I had clarified. Milk. <laughs> <laughs> and but all the recipes call for making gigantic amounts of it. Right, it just like takes gallons to make this stuff. And then you like, you know, their suggestion is, well, make a lot and give it as gifts because people appreciate it. And I think it was like the holidays. So also, you know, the, the like make brandy cherries is like all the things that take a ton of work and a ton of ingredients. Right. Just set a day aside, make it and give it to all your friends. Mm-hmm. But if memory serves, the, the milk is added and something about the chemical reaction between the milk and the other things that are in it make the fat separate. And then oh. you basically take all the curdled fat out and you're left with the whey. And then you put that through cheesecloth like a million times to try to get as, you know, try to get it as clear as possible. Sure. And then you have clarified milk. It seems like a lot of work. Yeah. When you could just probably use milk. Seems like. If you want a milky taste in your cocktail or cream, but there you go. If you if the uh, if anybody who's listening does in fact take it upon themselves to make clarified milk, you really have you have to record the whole damn thing and and put it on your social media of choice because I <laughs> want to see someone do this. So it, it turns out the uh, the Roosevelt at least these days is a Waldorf Astoria hotel. Those are nice. Yeah, those are very nice. Not that I can probably afford them. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, and I have uh, Mr. Morgenthaler's list about. He's got a. It's a long list of do's and don'ts. Uh, do's about and this don'ts. Aspect. Yeah. So, uh, do you, do you want to? This is this is your man. If you want to, I, I think we should go through these and discuss the merits at least. All right, I'm for that. Let me take a little sip here. So his first do is to use a, a single dash, even though your recipe called for two dashes of Angostura bitters, because classically it only uses the Peychaud's bitters. Thoughts? Yes. Well, um, it's hard. It's always hard for me to get one dash of anything. I I don't, I I suppose if I put the bitters in their little eyedroppers and I could be more Mm. careful with them, but I just keep them in their bottle. And when you try to dash, inevitably, Mm -hmm. you get floppy droplets and, and you, I don't do one dash. So I'm happy that it said two dashes. Yeah. If 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 you do a very sort of overemphasized flip the bottle sort of dashing motion, you get strong dashes, but you get distinct dashes. What is what is your dash method? Um, I just kind of make a mess. And well, I mean, so do you do you gently and politely sort of tip and wait for the drop to form on the lip, and then watch it like oh, there's a dash, or are you like eh, dash? Yeah, more bad yeah. dash. Like, I wasn't even counting dashes when I was making, when I was doing Peychaud's. Actually, that's all I had, because bizarrely, I had no Angostura in my house. Mm. When I was just soaking the sugar cube, so I wasn't even counting dashes. I was just like, blah, 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 blah. Ah. 
No, I had the I had the cube in. Actually, I put the bitters before the cube in, which is probably stupid because you want to. I don't know why. I I don't know why. I was in a hurry. I did it wrong, probably. Well, I mean, the idea is you soak the cube with the bitters, but it ends but up muddled. Yeah, then you add muddled. water anyway, and you're crunching it, it all up. Yeah. It's all gonna mix up in there. So so do use a single dash, Angostura, or however much, or because <laughs> really Angostura is. Delicious bitters. It adds such a unique and fantastic flavor to everything. So I agree. I agree. I highly recommend using Angostura wherever you can. Um, so, by contrast, do not use orange bitters in a Sazerac. I've never seen a recipe call for orange bitters, but apparently some people do. That seems like they're getting confused with an old fashioned or something like that. No, I I will bet that if people have any bitters, they probably have orange bitters. So they may think, well, as long as I can substitute this for that, I'll I'll just use this bitters. Mm-hmm. That's that's my logic behind that. Maybe. I would expect people to have Angostura before even orange bitters. Yeah, or even before Peychaud's. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely before Peychaud's. Peychaud's you kind of have to have a plan for because mm. they, they don't really work in a lot of drinks no it's very pretty though i really like the color well actually my favorite use for peychaud's is like as a float on tiki drinks and stuff like that mm. it, it's kind of a lipstick color it's a, it's a bright red yeah i always think of those uh luden's cherry cough drops mm-hmm Yep, that is also a good, or, or just like any sort of Christmas candy. It's the it's a bright red. Yes, not a deep because Angostura is sort of a rusty color to me. Um, it's not. Well, yeah, it, it, it's it not look, brown. Well, it, it looks like it's going to be brown, but as soon as it gets diluted, it's like an orangey pink. Yeah, um, and and. They are quite different, and it's interesting to combine them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three. Uh, stir, don't shake. That's three and four, basically. Three and four. Um, that's sort of classic cocktail nerd wisdom. Yes, and if, if the first time you do it, you will remember always never to do it again. <laughs> I, I did I, – I used to think – all cocktails need to be shaken. That's what a cocktail is. Shake, shake, shake. And I tried it. I tried to make a Manhattan. And man, mm-hmm. that that was a foamy mess. I, I still know sort of steakhouse type restaurants where the bar shakes their Manhattans. Why? Do you know why it gets all foamy like that? What is it? I couldn't, I, like, it's just, it should calm down. But it stays really foamy. Yeah, I don't know. That was overly whiny, but I don't know. Well. It's all foamy. <laughs> um, I don't. I, I don't know. It must be like I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of like what in a Manhattan is viscous enough to hold a foam like that. I, I always like that. I expect you to be the expert answer on everything, Jake. Why is a Manhattan foamy when you shake it? What's What's going on in there? And then you know, I'm gonna I say think... I'm gonna say the vermouth. It's It's all because of the vermouth. Excellent. I think that makes sense. I, I and pulled that right I, out of my ass. That's totally fake answer. <laughs> uh, uh, and number, uh, what are we at? Five. Number five. Uh, don't serve it on the rocks. And to follow on, don't serve it in a cocktail glass. 
Do serve it neat in a rocks glass that is large enough to accommodate some breathing room. Your drink will thank you as you swirl it in the glass. Very true, and I think that has most to do with the absinthe rinse as far as I am concerned. I think so, too. It's really funny, though. I did take the time to, like, chill my glass with ice and water for minutes. And the thing about that was when I dumped out the ice and water, the rinse didn't really stick to my glass very well. Oh, like, but, uh, what do you like? You didn't see the lovely cascade effect, or there's yeah, no yeah. oh. Because if you have a dry sort of room temperature glass and you rinse that, you get a nice coating mm-hmm. from the alcohol sticking to the glass, and that didn't happen. So I'm not going to chill my glass when we make round two. And I'm definitely going to use a glass <laughs> made of <laughs> made of glass. Made of glass. Uh, where are we? Um, uh, don't drink your Sazerac in one gulp. It's not a shot. <laughs> Again, I wonder, like, does he see people do this? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure he does. Uh, and my favorite is he finishes the advice with, sip it, you monkey. And it, and again, <laughs> he does make the point. It took it takes a lot of work to make this drink. Yeah. This is not, it's a, it's a deceptively simple cocktail. There is a lot going on. There is... A huge amount going on, as there is for the classic old fashioned. Mm-hmm. I, now, uh, we haven't done an old fashioned episode, so I don't want to jump ahead because I'm sure that we will. But you have so, you have to talk about the old fashioned when you're talking about the Sazerac because they're so related. I wanted to ask your opinion of uh, fruit in the in the old fashioned. What is that? That's the, like the Wisconsin style, or I believe that is what it is called. Yes. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Where you put like a slice of orange and a slice and like the maraschino, sorry, maraschino. hey Cherries. Although but usually it is the like bright chemical pink. Maraschinos. Maraschino. Yes. <laughs> um, also, the Wisconsin one is like made with brandy or cognac or something. I'm not, not totally aware. We'll, yeah. we'll find that out later. We'll, we'll work on that. Um, your friend Dinah is a fan of those. She, yeah, it's like a meal and a drink. Yeah. You're getting I, some vitamins and your minerals. I like my old fashions to look like whiskey in a glass, but then you get surprised by all these extra flavors. With the with the giant cube? Do you do the giant cube in there? Mm-hmm. I like the giant cube. I kind of do miss it from this Sazerac, because I, I usually serve it on the rock. Interesting. I know I'm wrong. I yeah, well, yep. there's so much tradition around the Sazerac that I've, I've never really played with it that much. Like, a Sazerac is recognizable by being this orangey red drink in an oversized glass to me. And maybe I do the rocks because it it is a... A small drink, and I want it to look large. Like, mm. I'm done. Where? What are we? We're not even, like, 15 minutes in, and I'm done with my drink. Yeah. I'm, I've, I've been trying to be real careful, but I have a little bit. Um, Next. Don't use bourbon in your Sazerac. Use a good rye whiskey. and routinely, You did. You did. Well, in, in every well-sourced recipe I've seen, they're like, Use the best rye whiskey you can get your mitts on if you're making a Sazerac. Yeah. So, yeah, I had the uh, Russell's Reserve single barrel that I picked up yesterday and uh, is almost gone. Uh, oh, my God. Because we, we had a night last night. Nice. <laughs> that is nice. Yeah, I had a couple of cocktails as well. Uh, we, we've got kum- kumquats. 
kumquats are mm-hmm. kumquats in, like i think all winter is citrus right winter is citrus <clears throat> i'm I'm, so, make, I'm making blood orange simple syrup because i had a bushel of blood oranges i love blood oranges but so i also have kumquats because of that again that recipe so i've been trying to figure out what to do with it and a, and a kumquat is to me the taste is kind of an between an orange and a lemon so it's a little sour but also a little sweet and it but it's closer to an orange than it is to a lemon but it's tiny I, yeah a, I, i'm not super experienced with kumquats you eat the whole thing right like the peel and all you can uh but again i've just been using them in cocktails so i've been muddling them oh, so okay. i'm i'm getting the oils out of the pea i just like cut it in half and stick it in there and just muddle the fuck out of it right and and uh, oh the, so that one recipe that i showed you which had plum sauce and kumquat yes from uh pdq in hong kong their pop-up um a little weird um <laughs> and i i think it's because it's got plum sauce in it plum sauce did did you know and i didn't know this plum sauce is salted there what? is there is salt in plums because I looked at the ingredients after I was drinking it and I made sure that it, what I had was plum sauce and it says plum sauce. It's yeah. like it's not in, duck sauce or whatever. It's not duck sauce. No. Yeah. So um, the the cocktail ends up being a little bit savory, huh. and maybe that's why when I drink it, I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" Because I'm thinking it's going to be sweet and plummy and. But I think the the kumquat again. There's some sour notes in there, and then the plum sauce is a little bit salty. And you had the other things to it. I'll have to look up the recipe and and share it. But um, so it was weird, and I don't know that I enjoyed it. Maybe <laughs> if I had prepared my palate and I knew what I was in for. Maybe but, if you had some appropriate food to go with it. Um, maybe, yeah. yeah. Some pot stickers or something. Oh, yeah. Actually, that's a really good idea. <laughs> Continue with the Sazerac point, pointillism. Okay, so the, the next point is directing you to a recipe, which his recipe is one teaspoon of two-to-one simple syrup. So rich, simple, uh, three dashes of peychaudes, one dash of Angostura, and two ounces of rye whiskey. Uh, for the record, and maybe explaining why I still have drink left while you don't, Mm-hmm. I used Dave Wondrich's Esquire recipe, which calls for two and a half ounces of rye whiskey. Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> because yeah. I wanted my drink to be larger. Uh, and the one that I found was at liquor liquor dot com. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it it was the. I guess the standard two ounces. Yeah. So I did find the recipe. Again, this is from, I think I said PDQ, and it's not PDQ. It's PDT. Right, right, right. So this is from PDT's pop-up in Hong Kong. Uh, it's called the Lucky Plum. Mm-hmm. It is one kumquat, a half of a teaspoon of plum sauce, one and a half ounces of rye, three quarter ounces of Campari, and three quarter ounces of Dolan Sweet Vermouth. You muddle the kumquat with the plum sauce, add the other ingredients, stir, and fine strain. And you do need to fine strain it. Because uh, in, of the kumquat. Because of the kumquat. Into a chilled coupe. And you garnish with a half of a kumquat. Okay. Which, actually, which sort of looks like, I mean, in the picture, it's, it's they, they cut a slice into it and they balanced it on the edge of the coupe. I stuck a toothpick through it and then it ended up being like a floating island in the middle. <laughs> Not quite as elegant. <laughs> Um, so run down the the recipe one more time. 
one kumquat and you cut it in half because half is going to be uh, on on the on the on the Your rim garnish. Yeah, and the other half you're going to muddle. You're going to muddle that with a half a teaspoon, not a lot, so be careful. A half a teaspoon of plum sauce, uh, one and a half ounces of rye whiskey, and they recommend bullet or bullet. Uh, three quarter ounce boulet, of apparently boulet boulet. Mm-hmm. Three quarter ounces of Campari and three quarter ounces of Dolan sweet vermouth. So it's basically a boulevardier with some fruit in it. In fact, it is. Interesting. And, and uh, plum sauce. And interesting is the word for it. Okay. Not necessarily a winner in my book. Not something I'm going to keep around. I, I love the boulevardier. It's probably more my favorite drink than the Manhattan even. Ooh. Uh, it's not quite up to Negroni, but I mean, it's, it's in the Negroni family. It has Campari. It's Negroni-ish. Yeah. But yeah, I really like the Boulevardier. That's kind of my winter drink because I drink more whiskey in winter. I don't know. Hmm. (laughs) I drink more gin in summer and whiskey in winter, but. All right. I don't think I know if I do or not. I don't really pay that close attention. I know I drink gin all the time. Sure. Uh, it's. Probably, yeah, the first thing I think of. And then, uh, probably, well, uh, when I drink whiskey, I tend to like it neat. Like, all the whiskeys that I buy, I buy because I love them. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't, like, have a mixing whiskey, so to speak. Really? I don't. I don't. Um, because that's, yeah. that's exactly why I buy, like, handles of Buffalo Trace <laughs> and Bullet. Oh, I suppose I use my Eagle Rare for that then. Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, I when I when I'm holding the bottle, I'm thinking, yeah, I just want this on a rock. I just want a nice sip of whiskey. Even if you're making like a Manhattan or something. If I'm well, if I'm on my own and I'm super lazy and and lazy, mm-hmm. then I'll I will generally and I want to drink now. Then I'll do the whiskey. If I've got friends over, it's always a little more impressive. Right yeah. to make to make something absolutely, and and then they're trying to figure out what what the hell I put in it. Yeah, like this tastes like prunes. Is there prunes in it? No. <laughs> do, do you always try to do something sort of off the map when you're making drinks for friends? Um, if I have something new that I've discovered that I really like, then I will share it. And also, I do have. Well, I guess I've got. So you've got your cocktail friends, not necessarily—I don't mean that they are only there for cocktails, but they appreciate a cocktail. Right. And then, and then you've got your friends who could give a fuck, right? But they'll—they—they they know what they like, but they're not going to go into. I keep losing those friends. They stop talking to me. I—I <laughs> I have them um, because we have other uh, avenues of of discussion other than cocktails. <laughs> Um, so, so for my cocktail-y friends, if I found a recipe, then I tend to make that and I will make sure that I have those ingredients around the other friends. I just make the the crowd pleasers, Mm -hmm. um, that are generally impressive as well. And, and again, I would put like the aviation. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Apply in that. It's a, cause it's blue and it's got that little cherry sitting in the bottom. It's got at least one ingredient that most people don't have in their house. Yes, which I of course do, and it it's um, I have the recipe memorized, so I don't have to look it up. Some of the other things, like I don't always remember uh, what's in a um, uh, I can't even remember the name of it now. Corpse Reviver. No, not the Corpse Reviver, but it's like the Corpse Reviver. 
Last word. Yes. Okay. I, I don't always remember what's in or the the what the what the amounts of the ingredients are. Mm-hmm. So then I have to pull out the iPad and, and be right. all neat. Um, and I do. I I've got all of these cocktail books, but I always like look at the iPad to find things. Just browsing the web, or do you have? Yeah, because I do have them bookmarked, and I can find them easily. Yeah. And uh, half the time, I'm flipping through the book, and then the book wants to close, and it's just easier on the yeah. on the iPad. I, I have a few of the uh, cocktail apps, but I never use them. I don't either. <laughs> yeah, I, and they're good. They, they have are a good. A lot of good recipes, and they help you find you know remember what ingredients you need. And but yeah, I just I don't either. The the ones I have are all sort of the same app, but different themes. Um, so there's the Cocktails app, which is uh, also known as uh, Martin's New and Improve Index. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that one's amazing because it includes historical versions for every recipe. So like, this is like the 1832 recipe for a Manhattan and then it changed in 1834. It was in a different book, and it was this recipe, and la di da di da. Does that for everything? It's amazing. But I never look at it. And even, <laughs> even when I do look at it, I'm like, that recipe is bonkers. That's not how I know this drink is made. Yeah, I don't want to taste that. So, but then the same application is like sort of rebranded for other people. Yeah. Um, so there's a tiki version that I have. Um, there's a PDT version. So all mm. their recipes are in the app. I don't have that one because they're all like kind of, like, they're, they're costly. They're, they're like nine ninety nine or something like that Yeah, for an iOS app. But on an iPad, it would be kind of amazing. I, I, I do agree. I agree. I, I think it's time for my second drink. Are, are you thirsty? I'm, I'm dry. Yeah, me too. And I want to make it more correctly. Okay. Um, I prov- I wanted to like pre-muddle my sugar cubes, so this may take me a little while. That's all right. I didn't. I didn't remember to do that. But all right, I'm going to try your recipe, which is actually not your recipe, uh, even uh, though I don't have the Sazerac rye. But you didn't either, so that's no, all right. I'm, I'm going to send you. No, I'm going to send you Mr. Wondrich's recipe on the slack so you will have that nice thank you and we'll be right back go pour yourself another thanks everybody oh that's much nicer it's a it's now an ample drink <laughs> two, two and a half is big all right here we go mm. Mm. Yeah, that's that is better. <clears throat> the other one was a bit sweet. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I think I may have used a bit more water to dilute my sugar than was called for. But um, I also, because I was sad about not having Angostura, supplemented my bitters with a coffee rye bitters that I have from Workhorse Rye. Whoa. And that works wonderfully. <laughs> so you're so it's a it's a a Sazerac variation, coffee Sazerac. I mean, it's not 
a really strong coffee flavor. It just sort of adds another spice note to the rye. I like is it. it is it a bit tobacco-y? Almost. If I had mm. used more, I think it would cross into that. But mm. yeah, so this uh, I used I used Jake's slash uh, David Wondrich's recipe, which basically yeah just calls for more rye. Can't go wrong with that, right? And again, he he goes on and on about this drink. It's quite quite a lot to say about the Sazerac. Well, I mean, he was he was a literature professor before he got into cocktails, so. Mm. All, all his stuff is kind of wordy and has a lot of history to it, which, which I appreciate. And his closing line is, a man's drink, though we've known plenty of dames who take one of these every time over some of the belly wash we see men drinking these days. Belly wash is a really disgusting term. Yeah. I mean, he, he was writing for Esquire magazine at the time. Mm, too. Manly magazines. Um. But I do, I do, I actually prefer the first sentence of that paragraph. And it's all that history and mixology aside, the Sazerac is a wonderfully butch sort of tipple. (laughs) (laughs) You know, no, I think not. I don't, I, this doesn't, this doesn't seem butch to me. Well, first of all, you don't get to say butch and tipple in the same sentence ever. Well, I do. (laughs) But, um, yeah, this does this this seems it's civilized. I would think of I think a butch I think of a butch tipple um as I think the corpse survivor is actually kind of a butch tipple. What? I, am I am I wrong? I have to disagree. Well, uh, what's your what's your butch tipple? <laughs> an old fashioned. No, no. Yes. I don't No, I don't nah. Why? Well, proclaim your your logic there. Because it's it's Mostly whiskey. Well, so so is this, but it tastes like candy. Yeah, and I think the old fashioned again for all the all the little things in there, it seems a little fiddly to be butch. Hmm. It's I mean, it's kind of it's kind of like obviously just whiskey in a glass is the most butch of all tipples. And sure, I'm sure that is true. And and then scotch, scotch is probably less butch. It's a little because. Whiskey in a glass is, you know, it, it's the white, dirty tank top that Brando wears in Streetcar. Okay, if it's something like a rye whiskey or yeah. like an overproof bourbon, And then I guess. scotch is going to be, you know, tweed uh, by a fireplace. It's still pretty butch, though. Sazerac. Especially like an Isla. Yes. Um this is a, a little gentrified to me. It does feel a little like sitting on a porch. Uh, not necessarily on the swing, but there's somebody on the swing. Um, See, this feels like a city drink to me. As does, really? So does an old-fashioned. It seems like a city drink because it's so fiddly and has so many things going on. <laughs> okay. The, so the prep work. Because mm-hmm. to me, it's a, it's a little bit flowery, a little honeysuckle-y. That makes sense, right? But I mean, it's it it doesn't even pretend to fill the glass it sits in. Well, then it can't be butch, right? But it's also not ladylike. That's that's a fair point. It's 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 like a modern cuisine where you get a giant white plate with a pea (laughs) shoot in the middle. Yes, (laughs) yes. 
and the cheese plate is like little piece, like a bite of each cheese. Yes. That is not a cheese plate. I'm sorry. I disagree vehemently with that. <laughs> Where were we? Uh, we, uh, should, we should finish up Morgan Dollar's do's and don'ts. We just have a few, I think. All right. Um, do squeeze a nice wide lemon peel over the drink. The oils from the lemon are a crucial component going to the many layered complexity fiddliness of this drink. Yep. Um, Agreed. I agree with that. Then he says, don't drop the lemon peel in the drink, throw it away after you've expressed all the oil. I think that's a matter of style. If you go to the Sazerac bar in new Orleans, you actually get a channel cut. Wow. Um, Zest, mm-hmm. which obviously expresses no oil whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So there for the looks. Yeah, I I think these days it's sort of expected that the peel is in the glass with your drink. But he says throw it away. So I followed his advice. I, I, I did this time. The, the first time I put it in, but as I said, it was a sad peel, and my second attempt wasn't that much better. So I just didn't want to do it again and just. I need to. I just need to. What, what's 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 your implement for zesting? I I have two. Uh, if I want the wide peel, then I just use a veg. I just have a vegetable peeler Is it like that I use. The straight handled one or the Y shaped one? Straight handled. Okay. Uh, and it may be getting a little dull as well. Mm-hmm. So I may need. Maybe that's one of the reasons here. Because I noticed as I cut towards. The handle, and instead of the far end, it did a better job. Uh-huh. So I, I think it's just dull. I don't, yeah. Can you sharpen those or just replace it? I think you just replace. Yeah, it's like 10 bucks, right? Yeah. I use little cheap plastic Y peelers that... I, yeah, they're... Dis- disposable. Totally but, disposable. It's like the big razor of peelers. But they work really well. And then I have a, another little the little implement that has like the little notch, so you can cut the channel. And then in the the end has um, holes, like four holes for zesting. Right. Yep. And I find that I rarely use that. Now I do, I do like the ample peel because sure. you get more yeah. of why the, you the are channel doing knife peel is actually really amazing if you have the right fruit. You have to have the thick pith. Yes, it has to be fresh. Can't okay. use an old one. Right. Use the old one for the juicing, but yeah, you need a fresh one for the peel. All right, so finishing up the list, he recommends you watch this actually very impressive video of Chris McMillan from New Orleans making a Sazerac. Uh, he goes into the history of the word cocktail, which we've, uh, thanks to Dave Wondrich, actually know that was an incomplete history. So there's a lot there. Um, turns out the, the, I'm pretty sure I have this right. The most reliable source of the word cocktail is, uh, also known as gingering. And hmm. it, it's when you would stuff a plug of ginger up a horse's ass to make it frisky because it would cock its tail. <laughs> well, that makes more sense than cocktail. Because cocktails were a morning drink. They were they were the hair of the dog to make you feel better in the morning. Uh, so okay. they would cock your tail. They would, <laughs> they, would, they would help help you wake up. All right. Okay. Wow. All right. I would never have put those two things together. Yep. No. Yeah. 
cock your tail. Mm. <laughs> uh, Mr. Morgenthaler continues, do not use Pernod to rinse the glass if you can avoid it. Um, it Which you can now. It's, it's overly sweet, and you already have sugar in your drink, so don't use Pernod. Do use Herb Saint if you can. Um, even better is a real live absinthe. Which, uh, and we should point out that he wrote this eight years ago. Right. When, when there wasn't. When there was no real live absinthe <laughs> in the States. And even even the stuff from, like, the Czech Republic was super sugary and kind of gross. Very sweet and syrupy. Yeah. yeah not, not good. But the higher proof in Herb Saint and absinthe. And did you realize uh, the video, the YouTube video of Chris McMillan actually points this out. All the letters of absinthe are in the word herb saint. There's just an extra R. <laughs> I did not notice that. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Trivia. Huh. <laughs> wow. Um, do muddle a sugar cube soaked in bitters and a splash of water to sweeten the drink as opposed to simple syrup. But then he follows up with, don't let anyone give you grief for using simple syrup because Jesus Christ is just sugar and water. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And doesn't his recipe call for rich simple syrup? The recipe he links to, which is his own published recipe, calls for rich simple syrup. Yeah. yeah. But I... Also, I would think more people have sugar cubes than have simple syrup. So Really? I didn't, I didn't think people bought sugar cubes ever. Well, I would think how, how many people make or buy simple syrup? Like, do people still do tea service with lumps? Like, yes. Oh, yeah. Is that a thing? But my, I have the, um, I don't know, it's the kind of a blonde raw sugar, but mm-hmm. it's not, but it's not the... Big crystals. It's a fine okay. crystal. It's some organic shit that you get here in San Francisco. Uh, and- I, I have real life like Domino square white sugar cubes. Nice. Yes, uh, and um, which I like. But I wish I had. Do you, you know that there are absinthe sugar cubes, mm-hmm. which supposedly are more compact, so that they don't they don't break down as as quickly because you want to watch the water. Do its thing and all the ceremony. I'm. This is what I'm told. I don't know, but they they're individually wrapped. They are more expensive, and they probably say absinthe sugar on them. But I bet, yeah, they're probably just sugar cubes. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. It's also just fun to muddle. Muddling is fun. Muddling is fun, and I hardly do it these days because I don't like make pints of mojitos like i used to a really good muddle drink uh is the red geisha hey so it you muddle uh freshly sliced ginger with strawberries together Ooh, wow yeah it's nice and uh you can put in as much ginger as you want and it gets that like real ginger bite going on like heat it, if you like ginger, it yeah. yeah if you like that um, it is a delightful drink, but it does, again, it does take some time <laughs> to break all that shit down. Imbibe Magazine has a recipe. I'm pulling it up now. It's one of my favorites, and I rarely make it because I don't keep strawberries around very often. Mm-hmm. 
and I also don't have like raw ginger. I don't really use it. Yeah, I occasionally buy raw ginger, and then I end up with like this dried up little half ginger thumb. Yeah, if I I, I think if I was planning on making a bunch for some people, then obviously I would do it. Because, again, it is a really nice drink uh, and impressive. This, People love this it. This doesn't seem like your kind of drink at all. So the recipe I found on Imbibe magazine is two ounce vodka, two fresh strawberries, half an ounce of fresh ginger roughly chopped, half an ounce of fresh lime juice, half an ounce of simple syrup, muddle strawberries and ginger, add the remaining ingredients, shake with ice, strain into a ice-filled glass and garnish, with a lime wheel. Vodka and strawberries doesn't seem like anything you would ever have. I think it's because of the ginger. Uh, I, like I said, I load it up with ginger. I get it like really spicy. Right. And then it's delightful. And and the lime and the strawberries play really well off each oh, other. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't remember that it was a vodka drink, which is weird. I don't even have any vodka in the house at this point, which is sad, actually. Because you should have some. Yeah, you should have some. And I usually have um, the potato vodka. Uh, I can't remember. The, I can't remember the manufacturer. As if it makes a difference. And let's, as let's let's talk about that actually because that's a thing we've been back channeling, but we haven't broadcasted the fact that vodka is vodka and shut the fuck up. Yes, um, <laughs> that is that's the bottom line. Uh, the the idea about all of these. Super high-end, fabulous vodkas. In fact, I'm looking at one Woody Creek, Colorado Reserve Vodka. Guess, guess how much? Um, Woody Creek. That's funny. That's uh, that's where Hunter S. Thompson used to hang out. It's uh, distilled from 100% Stobrawa potatoes. Oh my God! Is it 100%? Um, all those kind of potatoes. So a bottle costs one hundred and fifty. One thirty. hundred and thirty dollars for a bottle of vodka. Uh, admittedly, it's an impressive-looking bottle. It's kind of squat and shaped like a bell. Uh, but you could you can just go buy a sixteen-dollar jug of vodka, mm-hmm. and you've got vodka. Yeah, I mean, buy Stoli in a glass bottle if you can find that, and that's all you need. Yes. Stay away from uh, the plastic bottles. Is my rule. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, but I mean, there, there are like organic vodkas. That's a big deal. And I don't know. I, I'm sure it doesn't matter in terms of flavor or taste or anything like that in, in the end product. But it's nice that they're at least supporting organic farming and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and because the only potatoes oh. are one of the few things that you should care are actually organic because. Potatoes grow in the ground, and they absorb all the chemicals and grossness, always by organic potatoes. So if it's a potato vodka, maybe find an organic one. Sure. Pay extra but you, for that. You don't, you don't think all of the distillation and the alcohol content's going to like burn away any stuff in there? Or? Oh, no. Well, in, in, in distilling, you have the notion of the head and the tail. Mm-hmm. And those are the bad parts, and it's everything in between is the good stuff. Oh, here's mine. It's uh, Boyd and Blair potato vodka, which I'll have you know is also gluten free. <laughs> so, if that is a if if you're concerned, it's a potato vodka. 
It is a potato vodka. It's a beautiful bottle. Obviously, it's gluten free. It's it's well. I'm just saying they <laughs> they they make that an important part of of why you want to buy the yeah. vodka. And it is good vodka. Uh, so so what you want in a vodka is for it to taste as close to nothing as you can get. I kind of disagree. The, um, the gin that I drank last episode from Anvil Distilling, mm-hmm. uh, they also make a vodka that actually is. Basically, on the way towards being a white whiskey, mm-hmm. and it has flavor. It has no. But you don't want that. So maybe it's a bad vodka, but it's it's delicious. What? I like it. What I know about well, that's because it's ginny. No, it's not ginny. It's it's got no. It's got no. What flavors does it have? It's it's almost like cookies. <laughs> like oatmeal cookies, or yeah, actually, or like gin, oatmeal ginger, cookies. Ginger snap. Yeah. Yeah. Animal crackers. I all, love animal all crackers. All of those. Actually. You know those frosted animal crackers? Yeah. Mother's frosted animal crackers? Wh- whatever are, is the common flavor of... Of cookie? Of oatmeal cookies, ginger snaps, and animal crackers, that common flavor is what's in this vodka. And it's I'm going to say flowery vanilla. Yeah. It's yes. delicious. It's delicious. Right. And what is the vodka? Sorry? Uh, it's from Anvil Distilling and I... Don't remember the name. It's got a fun name because the gin is like Grumpy Head or Iron Face or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, See how much I spent for this, and then I'll be embarrassed because I'm telling people not to spend a lot, and I probably did. Oh, of course you did. Because look at the bottle; it's pretty. Because you want to feel fancy when you I'm buy things. And a little bit whiny, but <laughs> <clears throat> that's how I am. Oh no, thirty-five bucks. Oh, that's that's affordable. That is affordable, but that's way more than I spent. Right, right in the middle. That's well, way yeah. More. You can get, like you said, you can get a jug of vodka for like twenty four. Well, for vodka in particular, because I'm a snob and I turn my nose up at vodka. All the most I'm willing to spend is whatever Tito's costs for a jug, which is like <laughs> twenty nine dollars. It's like thirty dollars for a, a handle. And Tito's was what um, prompted the discussion in the first place because they got sued. Be- because they claimed to be craft? They said they're craft and handmade and they have that kind of dumb looking label and they're te- Texas? Mm hmm. Uh, and it turns out because they got so popular and people liked them so much because they were handmade and craft that now they're a giant factory just turning out vodka and people were like well you're not you can't keep saying this is handmade it's not handmade and they're like it's exactly the same handmade as it was before well here's the thing distilling is not a hand process it's it's no, exactly they're not <laughs> squeeze they're not squeezing the potatoes like what? distilling is a chemical and mechanical process are they squeezing it between their butt cheeks what are you what are they expecting this crap vodka to be where's okay, it coming so- Anvil Distilling makes Iron Face Gin, which is what I had on our martini episode, Mm -hmm. and Grumpy's Vodka. Grumpy's is a good name, because that's how I feel about vodka. And the label, I I adore their labels. I'm going to send you this in the Slack just so you can see this. Grumpy's is a good name. Uh, I need, like I said, I need to pick up some vodka, so maybe I will look for that. I I would be surprised if they have distribution out there yet. But so, the, Jake, does it, do you buy? Do you only buy things from Colorado? Everything's from Colorado. Well, no, I know lots of bartenders in Colorado, and so 
one of my bartender friends, Griffin, who works at Bramble and Hare in Boulder, fantastic place, please go. Um, he's consulting with Anvil on their stuff and helped formulate the gin. It is a nice label. It says vodka very clearly on it. <laughs> and it's got a nice little cartoon man. Giant, who, giant forehead. Who looks very grumpy. He looks a little Edgar Allan Poe. Sort of, sort of. And before I forget, and I'm just going to raise this now. I don't want to don't want to shift gears too quickly, but I did want to talk about the uh, article I sent to you about Girl Scout cookie and bourbon pairings. Oh well, that, that, yeah. That, okay. Since, since we're sipping sipping rye, or <laughs> or gulping rye. Yeah, let let's talk about something else <laughs> besides vodka. Well, okay. Point it sounds, and I don't hate vodka. I don't want to. I don't want to put it out there that I'm angry about vodka. People love vodka, and I, I understand why I, people love vodka. I am very snotty about vodka. I don't care about vodka, and I make that <laughs> plainly known. And which, which, so what happens is I was at Bramble and Hare, and my friend Griffin was like, "Hey, you have to try this vodka." Mm-hmm. And I kind of stepped back and looked at him and tilted my head. <laughs> do i really he's like no really bear me out i know what you're thinking and i said i'm thinking i don't care about vodka <laughs> and he said i know try this but so he poured me a shot and it was actually interesting and tasted good and i'm like that's i don't know if it's actually vodka but that's the best vodka i've ever had changed your mind so let me read you about grumpy's vodka all right, and this is—they are not a sponsor, by the way. Maybe they should be. The, well, you know, but they're not. This is all free advertising, it so is. to speak, for the fifty people who are going to hear this. There, there, there's more to the story. I'll finish in a second. All right. So, so this is mashed with non-GMO white corn, with malted millet and malted barley to bring out the sweetest flavor of the corn. So, you sound. I'm sorry. You just sound so commercial. You don't have to. Just talk. Well, I'm just reading. You're, you're doing your FM voice. No, I'm reading from a website. So All I, right, I want, keep going. I want that Sorry. to be obvious. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> so after fermenting, they distill it, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's, it's a corn-based vodka. Uh, so, so it's probably so I, so it's, it's sweeter. It's very, it's very close to a white whiskey, which yeah. I hate. I don't like any white whiskey. Hmm. I never have found a white whiskey that I like. I've only tried one, the Hudson, which I did not like. And then I thought, well, this is stupid. Right. Frankly. Exactly. Like, exactly. This is dumb. So. I the, proclaim all white whiskeys stupid. So when he, he, when Griffin had me try this, I was like, that's the best vodka I've ever had. Like, I don't recognize that as vodka. That's not the sort of clear water taste of most vodkas, like mm-hmm. you know, especially the high ends, like the Chopin and all that stuff. Yeah, like they they just go on and on about how it tastes like nothing. And yes, that, that's supposed to be a good thing. <clears throat> it's crisp and clean. <laughs> so grumpy's actually tastes like something, and apparently it mostly tastes like corn, which is delicious. And right behind me, as I was standing at the bar. We're the people that run the distillery, so Griffin introduced me <laughs> to them. And, it's a good thing you liked it. And, you know, I, I got to talk to them. And, Should have and, done a spit take. 
<laughs> oh my god, what is yeah. this shit? But that was before they had the gin actually on the market. So they were telling me mm. about how they were working on a gin and Griffin was helping them out and stuff like that. So that was cool. So I, I do have one more vodka story, and I don't know if this is true or not. But the reason that vodka became so popular in Russia was that the workers could drink it and you couldn't smell it on their breath. I disagree because I know lots of people that have come to work drunk <laughs> and it's always been vodka. <laughs> and you can you can tell. It's just yeah. like leaching out of their just, pores. Just out of their pores, yeah. Okay. So uh, I, I'm passing that piece of history on probably – so do you work with a lot of drunks? I, I guess I should ask. Well, I mean over the years I have at least a handful. No, see, everybody here does drugs, so oh, they, really? they smell sort of, you know, weedy, or they have bloodshot eyes, but they don't really, I don't well, notice the smell. I mean, I'm not even allowed to judge people for smoking weed anymore, <laughs> because I live in Colorado. Where it's free, well, not free, <laughs> but it's legal. Yeah. Like Practically that, free. That, that, that's just like drinking a beer here, so. Man, I had I had a little bit of weed, um, thanks Thanksgiving, Christmas, one of the one of the local holidays. Local by local, I mean in proximity of today. <laughs> and um, I haven't I haven't done it in a while. And man, I was loopy. I well, was just like the the shit these days is strong. This was this was medicinal. Yeah. So a friend of mine uh, does go and get it. He does have a prescription. He does, it does help alleviate some of the pain that he's got associated mm-hmm. with something that he has, which is his business and not mine to say. But um, when they when they give him his prescription, they give him a free brownie, like this little individually wrapped. It's probably the size of a, a silver dollar. It's okay. very small. Very small, yeah. And about a quarter inch, quarter to a half inch high and very dense. Yeah. And, and, and that's all you're supposed to eat. Whereas if you get these big brownies, you're supposed to like eat a quarter and stuff like that. Yeah. And no. Well, you, I started then, with a half. Then your even rel- then your relatives find it in your freezer and eat the whole thing, and <laughs> they're fucked up for days. <laughs> it it is a lasting. It it does stay with you, and then it sneaks up on you as well. But uh, 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 my initial thing was that that sort of this isn't really. I ate half of it because they advised me if you if you're not used to it, then right. And we were probably in this and we we did it early and it was probably two hours in. And I was I was like, no, I don't feel I don't feel anything. And they said, well, just eat the other half then. Yeah. But then like a all of a sudden. Yeah. And I was just I became part of the couch. Mm-hmm. Like like those the weird cascade effect that happens over your body. Uh, um, That's why I don't do weed, man, because I just disappear <laughs> into the furniture. Wow, it was it, I and I I will say that I enjoyed it, and I oh see I, I don't enjoy it because I like observe the conversations in the room. It's like I wish I could participate in this, but I'm you part do of want the everyone furniture. else to be yeah you want everybody <laughs> else to be somewhat high with you, and also but uh, I'm a bit quiet, generally speaking. I, one of the one of the reasons people enjoy apparently listening to me talk on this is because I talk. <laughs> Because when I'm when I'm just me and you're sitting across from me, I, I'm a better listener than I am a talker. Okay, but that weed, I I, I, I think I, we share that superpower, and I think I'm winning. Because... I think, yeah, I do, I do. <laughs> I think I ramble a bit. Um, 
All right. So uh, vodka to weed to uh, Girl Scout cookies, which I think is a really good segue. Actually, yes. Um, Just real quickly, I will say. Oh, yes. I found, and I think I've probably mentioned this before, but I have found one way that I actually really enjoy vodka, and that is with freshly cracked peppercorns, pepper, yeah, peppercorns in the vodka as you drink it straight from a glass. In in the vodka. Yeah, so you crack what you do and it's muddle, a very, you muddle them. No, it, it's it's a very manly thing. So on your countertop you put down some peppercorns, you use the bottom of your glass to crush them, you sweep them into your glass, and then you fill the glass with vodka. Hmm. And then you sip it. And it gets more peppery as you sip it. I have, I think I've mentioned this before, I have black pepper bitters. They're not really bitters. They are... Um, a tincture. Essence, yeah, something like that. And man, that colors every Everything tastes like black pepper if I use just a drop. Oh, yeah. It's super strong. Yeah, but it's I, a, I, lo- I love this treatment for vodka in particular. It's very manly. It's, it's <laughs> like a good party trick. But manly, and then so what would a womanly version like green pepper maybe? Uh, Cardamom pods. Uh, uh, (laughs) Probably. All right. I'm going to keep that in mind when I get my vodka. So let's let's move on to where where's your link with the uh, Girl Scout? Oh, I will send it to you. I got it. I got it. Okay. Uh, This is at GoBourbon.com, which is a good name. Go Bourbon. Um, and I don't remember exactly where or why I found this other than probably in one of the food or drink blogs. Uh, so they're, they're pairing Girl Scout cookies. Oh, I know what it was. <laughs> it came back to me. So girl, gr- so girl Scouts, um, support planned parenthood. Do so they? there was this, uh, why do thing- I find that surprising? I don't know. Because the it, Boy Scouts are such douches as well. They are. Um, but no, and the Girl Scouts also will let trans children, trans teens into the Girl Scouts. So they're very, they're very open-minded. Excellent. But, but because of their relationship to Planned Parenthood, um, there was a boycott call. Like, don't buy, don't support Girl Scouts. Don't buy Girl Scout cookies. And I was like, I'm going to buy all the fucking Girl Scout cookies. Seriously. Buy them all. And then like somebody I said, need a reason to buy Samoas? I'll buy right. all the Samoas regardless. But that was the reason, that was how I found this. It was like, if you need a reason to buy more cookies, here we've got bourbon pairings with Girl Scout cookies. And I, uh, I do want to step through this pairing by pairing. So. All right. So first up, Thin Mints, which I enjoy. I, I also enjoy Thin Mints. With do, basil do you hay. freeze them? I don't. Is that a thing you're oh, supposed yeah, to do? That's a thing that's done. And oh. it's delicious. Nice cool thin mint. I have not done that. I will do that though. Yeah. Uh so they they recommend thin mints and basil haydens because they think uh, basil hayden has a slight peppermint taste to begin with, which I can't say I've ever recognized. No, me neither. To me it's more like brown sugar. It's very um Yeah, we've we've already made fun of basil haydens a little bit. <laughs> Because your friends of friends were drinking that at yes. some point. Uh, moving on? Yes. Uh, peanut butter patties and Johnny Drum, which I have not ever had. I can't say I'm familiar with Johnny Drum enough to speak to its flavor. I'm sure I've had it. 
But they're saying it's a perfect match because there's a peanut note in Johnny Trump. I I think they're hallucinating. But I will point out this is 101 proof. Whoa. Oh, yeah. So... Anything is going to go good with it. I kind of want to get some Johnny Drum because I bet (laughs) it's good. (laughs) And it's private stock, so so right on the label. Only only certain people can get Johnny Drum. Sure. Third in the family, shortbreads, which are the cookies that have the little Girl Scout uh, Mm. treat treat foil. No, what is that? What's Uh, that symbol? Well, it's their logo thing with the Uh, girls impressed on them. So it's basically a plain cook. This is maybe the cookie flavor you were talking of. Shortbread cookies. Shortbread cookie, yeah. I mean, All right. Their shortbreads are like eating sand. It's not really interesting. But what they pair it with is peppy. It's, pe- it's not like Scottish shortbread, which is amazing. Because which is really good. It's mostly butter. By the way, <laughs> so here's a really good thing you can throw together pretty easily if you want to have a dessert that people are impressed with that you literally threw together. So get shortbread cookies, whipped cream or Cool Whip, mm-hmm. your, your choice. Mm-hmm. Lemon curd, sure, and mixed berries. Make a little trifle. Yes, situation. It's super simple. It's quite delicious. It goes with everything. the The lemon curd's a little, you know, lemony, yeah. and the the berries. You're not sweetening them. You've got the creaminess, and then you've got the a little mm, munchy, crunchy. It's really good. Super excellent. Um, but they they're pairing their shortbreads with Peppy Van Winkles. Twenty year. And who's got that? The family reserve, 20-year-old, I think it goes for over $1,000 a bottle these days, which is it's so, ridiculous. Oh, that's not – I'm not going to probably – there is a – so there's a, rest, a, a restaurant slash bar here called um, Hard Water, mm-hmm. and they have a Pappy Flight. Well, I've already told you the story of our accidental Pappy Flight. Mm-hmm, which was super impressive. Yeah. I, I have no idea – I should – it's it's also secret, like it's not on their menu because it's it's one of those things where like well if they're out they're out yeah um and, and I don't think I'll probably do it because again I it's bourbon yeah well I don't know I mean it's it's interesting to do it depends how much the flight costs I guess yeah if I'm drunk I'd probably do it but because then money is no object right right I mean if if it was a thing you wanted to experience if it was under a hundred dollars I would do it I doubt it's under a hundred dollars. I'm pretty sure it's probably double that. Yeah, just just for the flight, uh, because I think one of actually one of the one of the uh, samples is a barrel that they bought. Oh, it's well, only available okay. there. So that's that's not just like the offerings from Pappy Van Winkle. That's beyond that. Yes. Okay. Because uh, Hardwater is owned by the uh, by Charles Fan, who does Slanted Door here. Mm-hmm. So they. They've got some money. Slanted Door is the, I believe, third most profitable restaurant in the country, in case you're wondering. Uh, <laughs> next is my favorite cookie, and apparently yours too, Samoa's. Yes. I fucking love Samoa's. Like, I could eat a whole box of these things. Uh, I'll, I'll stab a bitch for a box of Samoa's. Oh, my God. They're so good. <laughs> so they are pairing it with Angel's Envy Rye. Which I almost got instead of the Russell's Reserve. Isn't I I haven't had Angel's Envy because I'm told it's very sweet. I don't think their rye is very sweet, but it's also not super rye mm. spicy. Well, then don't get it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I I had like a uh, I don't even know what to call it, but it was sort of an 
a private label of Angel's Envy Rye, and mm-hmm. it was really good, and it was an excellent like gift for somebody that came to one of our dinner parties mm-hmm. to bring us. But it, it was it was not my favorite rye. Okay, I, yeah, it sounds like it's it's what their bourbon should be. <laughs> Because I've had, man, the bourbon seems a little one note. Last but not least, we're running out of time. Last but not, I don't even know why I say that, because we can have as much time as we fucking want. Last but not least. Well, my drink is gone, so. I've got a little, <laughs> little bit. <laughs> um, cranberry citrus crisp, which I'm not even familiar with. I, yeah, I would never buy this cookie, ever. And Four Roses Single Barrel, which is an awesome bourbon. Yes. It's really I, good. I, I think I have about. An inch and a half of it. It's sitting, yeah. sitting in my living room. So in this case, just buy the bourbon and not the cookies. Yeah. Uh, go get some more Samoas if you have Although the Although they, they call the cookie an underdog cookie. So apparently it's underappreciated by everyone. Um, it looks boring. It's got wheat imprinted on it. And it looks like a cracker more than a cookie. It does look exactly like a cracker. Um, it's probably be good on like ice cream maybe. Yeah, well, and my wife is obsessed with cranberries because she's from New England. And when we moved to Colorado, you could only get cranberries during the holidays. Mm-hmm. I so, bet it does make a good pairing with a bourbon. All cookies make <laughs> all good of pairings. No, I disagree. I don't think a chocolate chip cookie would be a good pair. It, it's overwhelming. No, I, 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 I'm into it. It's okay. All right. All right. I, I will tell you a magical secret. Because yep. I know you appreciate Scotch whiskey. Mm-hmm. And magical secrets. Fig Newtons. I don't like Fig Newtons, though. Fig Newtons and Scotch is amazing. The thing I don't like about Fig Newtons is, I think you mentioned before, they're kind of sandy and gritty to me. Mm-hmm. Like like the fig, yeah, I guess, from, fig from seeds. From the little fig pits, yeah. I don't, I don't but you're telling me, no, so the thing that I do, though... It's, it's a perfect um, pairing, Fig Newtons and Scotch Whiskey. We have a Scotch store here that's actually a Scottish store uh, that also has an entire Scotch section in the back. Uh-huh. They sell they sell kilts, and the people there are Scotch. Or at least they do a really good accent, so they fool you. <clears throat> and they have a lot of Scotches. Scotches are whiskeys, Scots are a people. Okay, Scots, <laughs> they're Scots, and they have Scotch. Uh, and probably scotch tape. They have a lot of scotches that I've never seen or heard of before. A lot, a lot of smaller distilleries. Uh-huh. And I stopped in there. And luckily for me, he's right near my dentist. So it's like my little treat to myself after Perfect. having my, my gum scraped. Um, but they were they were advertising they were having a chocolate and scotch tasting, which are two things I would never normally put together. Not so but much. What it is, and this works entirely too well is get the darkest, bitterest chocolate you can find with scotch. It is awesome. It's amazing. It like is so good. Like a smoky scotch? Or, uh, what, well, they, they had, uh, you know, again, you, they you were... You can't just say with scotch because they there were are pairing, so many levels. I, 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 think, uh, I think they had um, a... Uh, and the reason I was interested is they had a Colila, which is one of my favorites. Oh, Colila is amazing. It's so good. And they it had a the couple most of... subtle of the Smoky Isla scotches. It's delightful. It's amazing. I've, I've spent way too much money on, on some Colilas. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, and they had some of the really like heavy hitting peat monstery scotches sure. uh, that they were they were pairing up with, and they and he did specify like make sure that it's you know dark chocolate, bitter chocolate, not milk chocolate, right, uh, and not with any kind of no fruit in it and not sure. salted or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you're going to have already enough flavors mingling with the scotch. But totally give it a try. Because I was also doubtful. So just uh, cocoa. Go, cocoa go, butter. Like dark 70, chocolate. 70, 80% yeah. cocoa. And, um, and like the, the <laughs> roughest, hairiest scotch <laughs> you've got. <laughs> and take a little... Bite of the chocolate, get you know, kind of melty in your mouth, and mix it around, and then drink it. It's, it's awesome. Since we're on the topic of scotches, which was a total derail, um, I just finished a bottle of Compass Box's Spice Tree Blend. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended. It's so delicious. Compass Box is one of my favorite labels. They do amazing things. They really know what they're doing, um, and it's all I'm- blended scotch, but they're also different. And distinct and delicious. Every single yes. one I've had. I think I mentioned before that I, I've got the Flaming Heart, which is just dynamite, dynamic. Uh, and and they don't release it every year. And mm-hmm. when it appears, I don't even question how much I'm going to have to pay for it because it's always awesome. Interesting. And they have another one called This Is Not a Luxury Whiskey. I saw that and I won it just because of the label. The, and which, it's which but is it's just scrawled writing saying it is. this is it's not like a luxury in, whiskey. Yeah, like in a in a gold marker yeah. felt temp. Uh, but it's also 200, 200 at least here it's 200 a bottle. Be- because it's a luxury whiskey. <laughs> but it's not a luxury. <laughs> yeah. So on, but I am curious that the reason that they cost that much is because the the source whiskeys that they use cost that much. Right. It isn't that they're marking it up enormously. It's that they're very picky about what they're putting in their yeah, blend. They're getting they're getting really old single malts that they're blending. Yeah, and doing amazing things. So my like the ones that I've had multiple times from them. This was the first time I've ever had the spice tree blend. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it. It's it's a little more on the sweet side for scotch, but. It, it's still scotch, so it's not that sweet. Right. Um, and then I've had the uh, Great King Street. It's a great, like, light blended scotch. And I think that's their, like, house scotch, so to speak. Yeah. And then uh, the Hedonism is another one that I've had a couple of times. And I, I love that one dearly. Yes. Um, I am... I'm looking up Flaming Heart to see because I I believe they they got in trouble because they were telling what they were putting in it. Oh yeah, and people hate that. Yeah, or like, or it's against the law or something. I, I think they're I think it officially is against the law, but mostly for whatever reason because of tradition, people hate that. Like the distillers that make the source whiskeys hate it being known that they are being blended. Uh, so they do say what it, what the Flaming Heart is a marriage of, but I cannot pronounce these <laughs> distilleries. Kleinlich, Kleinly, Kleinlich, Tianenich, Tianenich, Tianenich. I'm, I'm, I apologize heavily for this. We're, we're losing all our Scottish fans. And uh, Dai Luine, Dai Luine, 
D A I L U A I N E. Dialine. So what they did with it uh, was they put it into four different barrels. I'm a bit confused. It looks like they took the blend and they they separated it into four different kinds of barrels as well. So there's like a sherry barrel and a bourbon barrel. and There's an oak hogshead, which they put 27.1% in. They put 24.1% into a rejuvenated American oak hogshead. That's, that's so specific. They like, put 10.3% what? into a new French oak hybrid barrel. And then the remaining, which is 38.5% of total liquid volume, into a refill American oak hogshead malt whiskey from... And that's the malt whiskey from Kaulila. Oh, I see what they did here. So so the Kaulila was stored in the first one. The Kleinleisch was in the second one. Okay. The mixture, the Highland malt, which is the Kleinleisch, the Tianich, and... God, I'm so bad at this. And I can't even use being drunk as an excuse. I just can't pronounce these words. Diluane Dai Dai is in the third one. And then the fourth was another malt whiskey from Kalila, which is probably why I love the Flaming Heart so much. Yeah. It's, um, got, it's got a lot of Kalila. It's got a lot of Kalila. Boy, that I, Flaming Heart is a gorgeous bottle. That's one you keep. It is gorgeous. It, and I'm just sipping it so... Like, I... I, I <laughs> I offer it to people because I'm like, you won't believe how good this is. This is amazing, delicious scotch. But <laughs> when it's gone, mm-hmm. it's gone forever. So it's, a li- it's sad and it's happy. Yeah. Um, maybe next time we'll do, we could do a scotch cocktail. Sure. I just fell in love with a new scotch cocktail, but I forget what it is right now. Well, you can look it up when we're a little more sober. Yep. And we'll... we'll yeah. We'll line that up in our uh, repertoire. Although I do really like a blood and sand. That's sort mm-hmm. of, that's sort of my jam. And, and I like a what's the other um, the Rob Roy maybe? Yes, I do like that as. Or I was going to say Rusty Nail. But that's oh not yeah, it. Rusty Nail is a Scotch cocktail right. as well. I like that one too. All right, so we there's a cho- lot to choose from. Uh, this is why this podcast will never end, <laughs> despite nobody listening to it. Ah, uh, we do. It's super fun. All right. Well, thank you for listening and drinking with us, as usual. As usual. And I hope you enjoyed it. And and do, in fact, if you if you have a, a cocktail that you enjoy that you would like us to enjoy with you, just tell us. And you can do that at uh, DipsomaniaCast on Twitter. And mm-hmm. there's also a Facebook page that only I look at because you don't do Facebook. I do not. He said proudly. <laughs> All right. Thanks for thanks, Jake, again. Thanks. It was fun. fun. Good choice on the drink. Cheers, cheers. Cheers, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, totally like, yeah. Exactly.